Welcome to the Your Life Rocks podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Yes, even for you. This show is designed to help working moms focus on the things that matter most in life and helping you balance all that life has for you with practical tips from one working mom to another. My name is Jenny Stemmerman, and I am so glad that you're here to hang out with me today. We are right in the middle of a series all about taking care of your home. And the reason why we're in the series is because in our Facebook community, I asked, what do you want to hear on the podcast? And this was by far the number one answer. How in the world do you possibly balance cleaning your home, decluttering your home? What are those routines? What are you supposed to be doing to take care of your house while, hello, you're working and taking care of kids and doing all the other things, right? It's one of those things that seems to just be hard to keep up with. So if you missed the first episode in this series, it was two episodes back, I hope that you go back and listen because we really cover a lot with the intention and the mindset and really, you know what, just simplifying this whole thing. Sometimes I think we could make it way too hard. So I hope you go back and have a listen. And then last week we had a replay from all the way back, episode 13, Dana White from A Slob Comes Clean, and she is just so real about decluttering. So I hope you go back and you have a listen to that episode as well. Now, today, we're talking about routines. We're talking about cleaning habits with a special guest. And you guys, it was such an epiphany for me on this episode on the habits of cleaning. Now, I am all about routines, and I have a lot of cleaning routines, but we really talk about the habits that make the mess in this episode, which to me, I never really thought about tackling the source of the problem. And I know that that seems so obvious. But for whatever reason, it wasn't obvious to me until today. So now my mind is just full of analyzing all of the habits that I have, all of the habits that my family has that contributes to creating a messy house that I have to then turn around and fix later. So I hope that you get a lot from this episode. Now, before I jump into my interview with Jenny Walsh, can I just say something? I am so grateful and I am so excited and just so full of all of the feels, all of the emotions, because yesterday the app finally launched in the Apple iStore. You guys, literally when we set out on this project, I first started brainstorming about this a year ago and then started creating all the content and putting everything to action, hiring the developers early into 2018. And it was supposed to come out at the beginning of August 2018, and it did with Google, but we were kind of quiet about it. Obviously, on the podcast, we talked about it because we were anticipating it to be out everywhere then, but it wasn't. So long story short, the developer said, you know, Apple's a little bit more difficult than Google. It'll probably take a week to get through, maybe three days, but anticipate a week. You guys, it's been two months, (laughs) two months of daily waiting for an email, going back and forth, doing small fixes to get Apple to have the approval for the app and pushing the button to push it live yesterday, I was just full of tears. So it is now out there. You can find it in both the iTunes Play Store and Google Play Store. So download it. It's a free app. And inside the app, you have all of the podcasts. You have the weekly success planning course and a Sunday prep planning tool. So all of that in there is free. And if you're really looking to like, I need to define balance for myself. I really need to cut out some of this craziness that's happened in my life. I really want to take control over my life. That's when you want to join Life Balance Membership. And now it's all right there inside the app. 
and we've cut out all of the overwhelm. So you can just start with the first course. When that's done, it moves on to the next course, has all the progression in there for you to help you really create some balance in your life. So I hope that you go and you check that out. And if you could be so kind to just leave a review in the app store, wherever you're downloading it, it will help other people find it. And if you want to, you can even share it with all of your friends. It would really mean the world to me. All right, now getting back to our episode today, our special guest is Jenny Walsh, and she is the writer and the mind behind HomeAfter3.com. She spent six years as a working mom, and then she took a leap of faith to become a mentor to other moms to help them organize their homes and their schedule so they can really do more of what they love. She is all about helping you with decluttering and setting up routines and habits to help you maintain the home that you love. Now, I really, really love this interview with her. Like I said, I had so many light bulb moments, and I hope that you do too. I hope that this episode just really blesses you in big ways and helps you create that home that you are just so excited to come home to that really fills you up and serves your family in mighty and powerful ways. So let's get into my interview with Jenny. Jenny, welcome to the Your Life Rocks podcast. We are so excited to be hanging out with you today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's always fun when two Jennies can get together, I think. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Now, before we dive into all of the awesome information that you have brought to share with us about how to declutter your home, how to set up routines to take care of your home, first tell us a little bit more about who you are. I'm Jenny. I live in Southern California. I'm born and raised Southern Californian. It's actually raining here right now, which is really funny because it never rains. <laughs> so, so everyone's super excited. The, it's like a standard in California, right? It starts to rain and somebody will say, oh, I wasn't prepared for the rain. And then the next person has to say, oh, but we really need it. And then that's, that's the conversation we have every single time it rains. <laughs> and then everyone, you know, gets excited about wearing sweaters because we don't do that in Southern California very often either. But yeah, so I live out here in Southern California with my husband and our three children. I have three kids under seven. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Luckily, two of them are at school, so I get a little bit of a break every now and then just to kind of do things that I need to do. But I was a, a working mom up until a year and a half ago, and I really wanted to think about what were the things that I love to do. And I love to be a cheerleader and a helper and an encourager, and so I left my job and became a blogger because I felt like I could do all of those things in that realm. I love it. And you've been making a lot of difference for a lot of people with, with your blog and, and how to organize your home, how to take care of your home. Because I think so much of us, especially as working moms, and I know you can relate to this, it seems to be one of those things that just kind of falls short and creates so much guilt for us. And I am excited to talk about all of those things. But running a blog when you were a working mom, taking care of just three kids is a lot. So talk to us a little bit about balance for your life and what that means for you. Oh, absolutely. So first of all, I think it's absolutely possible. And I read things here and there that say, like, is balance a myth? Is balance a marketing ploy? No, I believe balance is absolutely possible, but it starts with gratitude. And so for me, back when I was working and I was feeling really overwhelmed, and I decided I was going to focus on one word for the whole year, and I was just going to pray for contentment. And for an entire year, I just prayed for the Lord to fill my heart with contentment. Every time I started to complain about being too busy or every time I um, started to stress out about you know, my to-do list, I went back to that prayer. And I found 
that by doing that, I really feel like God gave me some direction and I was able to come at things from a place of gratitude. And when I was able to do that, I was able to really clearly see what needed to be done in order for me to achieve balance in my life. And so for me, that meant quitting my job. I know that that's not the same for everyone. That's, it's going to be a different answer for everyone. But for me, it was quitting my job and trying to start my own business from home. And so now that I had that, that clarity, it took a while. It wasn't instantaneous. But really, because every step of the way we were focused on gratitude, my husband and I just really welcoming the fact that now we had a direction. We're so thankful that we have a direction now, you know, and now we have steps to get to that goal. But really that, that focus on gratitude and contentment and in all things, in all circumstances, giving thanks is what has really helped me to find that balance. I love that so much. You know, one of the things that we offer is a, a free course. It's called Weekly Success Planning. And it's really all about helping you have an amazing prep day to set you up for success in your week ahead. The very first module we talk about is setting a goal and intention for what you want your life to be because you can't prep for something if you don't really know what it is that you want to prep for. And we talk about like identifying how you want to feel in your life. And so I love that you use gratitude as kind of that compass as that starting place to kind of grow the life that you want. Because I think that that's an important piece that sometimes we forget and we're kind of scattered and all over the place trying to put all the pieces together into something. But if we don't have a compass or a starting point to grow from, it can really make it a harder journey. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you don't have a direction. You don't have a litmus test. You don't have a direction. You don't have benchmarks as you go. So absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that is so beautifully entwined with what you do in helping women really master their home because you really talk about designing the home that you love and, and having that feeling of contentment in your own home versus, you know, having this fantasy <laughs> home that we feel like we can never really attain. So talk to me a little bit about kind of the way that you view homemaking and taking care of a home from that viewpoint. Oh, absolutely. I want women to know that creating a home that they love is, first of all, completely possible. And second, totally irrelevant to whatever's on Pinterest. Mm. <laughs> so Pinterest is a great place to look for, for inspiration and to get ideas, but you cannot go through a magazine or go through Pinterest or online to find what you need for your home. What you need for your home is dictated on you and your family and what your needs are. And it's something that can be achieved by anyone. It doesn't matter what your schedule constraints are. It doesn't matter what your, your financial situation looks like, because it's just about creating a space where, where you come home and you feel like your space is serving you instead of you serving this to-do list to maintain this home. Yes. Amen. And I think so much, <laughs> it's so easy to get wrapped up in Instagram or Pinterest or you know, gosh, even you go into like any of the home stores and you look at like the beds and all the pillows and all the, all of the things. Right. And we think, well, this is how you're supposed to have your house look, or this is the way <laughs> you're supposed to clean your house or take care of your house. But I love that you really focus in on what makes you happy, what makes you love your house, because it's going to be different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I know you have some, you have put together three tips for us on helping us achieve that house that we really love. And I love that you really, your first tip is starting off with prayer. So talk to us a little bit about, about why you feel like that is the most important step to start with. 
so I was sitting in a sermon I, at church, this is a while ago, and the pastor said he's always so amused when he goes by self-help sections at the bookstore. And he said, because there's no, there's no self-help. There's no help with just self. Your willpower alone, your motivation alone isn't going to get you there. What's going to get you there is God. Amen. So he's always found it so interesting. He said, and, I, and it just so resonated with me that there's, there's no help with self alone. Self-help has to start with God. God is what is going to fill that void. And so for me, the reason I feel so importantly about starting with prayer when you are looking at your home and looking at how you're going to set up your cleaning habits is you need to ask God, one, to give you the strength to do it, <laughs> right? And two, to give you the guidance and the clarity to set your home in an intentional way that is going to then reflect him and give the glory back to God. Because when your home is serving you, you think about all the things at that point that are going to happen. When my home is serving me, I'm more apt to invite people over and to, to be that hospitable host. And I'm more apt to be relaxed and I can parent better and I'm more productive in my home. So all of these things that God wants us to be, I think start when we have the right space for that so that we can make space for God. And so that's why it's so, so important to start with prayer so that you're praying for contentment, you're praying for clarity and for intention, and you're praying for God to show you how you can live the abundant life that he wants us to live. Mm, I love that so much. I love that so much. And I love that you talk about creating that space for God in your house and, and having him kind of guide with clarity and intention and providing that contentment. I think that that is just so brilliant. And one of the things that you said, and I know we're going to be talking about this <laughs> and the next couple of pieces, but I think it's, when you said this it was like a little light bulb went off in my head and I'm like, duh, <laughs> you ever have those moments when you're like, why haven't I ever thought of it that way before? You're probably going to laugh at me like, oh my gosh, this girl, Jenny is kind of crazy. But when you said setting up your cleaning habits, you know, sometimes we think about taking care of our home and the things that we need to do and the to-do list, but really creating those habits, the things that we automatically do around our home that make things so much easier. You know, when we think about the habits that we have, you know, around our morning routine, our nighttime routine, our routines and the way that we take care of our health with working out and eating healthy, like they're the things that make life easier in all of these areas. But it never really clicked with me that taking care of our home are creating those new habits that will make it easier. Like, it, it, I don't know why I've never like connected those two before in that way. But I think that that's a powerful thing to realize is that just like creating any other habit in, in your life, it's not always going to be easy, but it's definitely going to be worth it. And it's going to make life a lot easier in the long run. Absolutely. Because you're setting yourself up for success. I love that beyond... <laughs> Like, you're, see, I told you, you're going to laugh at me. Like, that's, that to me is such a revelation. So already there, this is already an amazing interview. I'm so excited. Okay, so we talked about number one, setting prayer and the intention of really bringing God into the whole situation and, and having him guiding clarity and intention. So number two, talk to us a little bit about clutter and excess, because we hear a lot about clutter and excess. I know there's a ton of books out there about letting things go, but why do you think it is? that we hold on to so much stuff. I mean, even right now while we're recording this, and I consider myself pretty much minimalist in, in a sense. I mean, I don't have a lot of things that I hold on to. And it helps that we've moved a lot from my career. So every time we move, we kind of purge. 
But even right now, I'm, I'm looking around in my office like there's so much paper and there's so much stuff that I don't even know why is here. Why do you think it is that we hold on to things? I think it goes back to contentment, gratitude, and whether or not there's a mindset of abundance. Mm. So when we, when we hold on to things, we're holding on to things for normally one of three reasons. It's either an emotional tie, right? That we've given the item some kind of emotional tie that we've tied to the person that it reminds us of or that it was given to us by or that it once belonged to. And that one's pretty tough, right? Because you look at that and, you, and there's guilt sometimes associated with removing that item. But we've really erroneously given this item that, that doesn't have feelings, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't have life, an emotion. And we've assigned an emotion mm. to it. The second reason is the financial piece. So do I think this might be worth something in the future? Or if I need to replace it, can I afford to replace it? And then the third reason is because we're just overwhelmed by the sheer amount that we have and we don't know where to begin. And I think those are the three places. And I mean, there's research on this. If you, you know, go on like psychology today, there's a lot of research about these three things being the big reasons why people hold on to clutter. All three of them have to do with filling a void. And I think once we can get past the materialism of it, and, and if we are setting our hearts in prayer for gratitude and contentment, then those three things no longer have a hold on us because God is what's filling that void, not our stuff. And so then you can start to remove. And once you remove all the things that are no longer serving a purpose in your life, or you know, if, you're, if you're a Marie Kondo fan, no longer giving you joy, right? Then you can really see just the things you need and just the things that are serving a purpose in your life. And when you get to that point in your decluttering, that's when you can sit back and you can look around and you can say, my goodness, look at all the blessings that I have. Mm, that's great. That's really, really great. And I love that you said when God fills that void. I mean, you know, for me, my biggest clutter is kids' things. And not even stuff like their current stuff. I mean, for me, that's their clutter. That's their own sense of hoarding. My kids are a little older though. They're nine and 13. So okay. when they don't want to let go of stuff, like that's their issue and not necessarily mine. I'm not going to take on that for myself. But <laughs> I do hold on to like all of their artwork, all of their things. And we have had, you know, guests on in the past talking about creating binders and taking pictures of their art. I still feel so much mom guilt about throwing it away. So when you said God fills that void, you know, I would just encourage our listeners. One of the things that I have recently been doing is just spending a lot of time journaling. Whenever I find that I'm stuck with something or something affects me in a certain way, I'll just pray and journal it out and, and try to see what God wants to speak to me in that situation. And, you know, with my kids, it's something I've been thinking a lot about because that's like my biggest sense of clutter. Like whenever I think about like I need to declutter and organize, that's really it. It's all of their artwork and schoolwork and things like that, that I just can't seem to let go. And so I've been spending a little bit of time journaling and praying. And one of the things that God has brought up for me and just a thing for me to look at, and, and if other people are dealing with this might be something for you to look at as well, but just thinking about how I'm holding on to the past because they are no longer little kids, right? They're, I have a teenager now and a preteen and it's different, you know, and, and being a working mom, sometimes I feel like I've missed so much of their childhood. And so that's where I feel like that guilt is holding on to. But God just kind of spoke to me one day saying, 
are you missing the present by holding on to the past and thinking about, oh, when they were so small and when we, you know, they used to want to hold my hand and their hands were so small and we would cuddle on the couch and, you know, all of those things that I hold on to in my head, even not even in my physical space, but holding on in my head. Am I holding on to that and missing where they are in their present? And so I just wanted to share that because it came up when you said God fills that void because sometimes we need to to really give those issues, I think, to God and really allow him to speak to us through prayer, through journaling, through even if it's just going for a prayer walk. I know everyone kind of processes things differently, but when you said that, it just kind of sparked that up. And so I just wanted to share that in case that's for anyone out there listening, if you're in that same situation, but it could be something completely different. But I, I would invite you to explore why you're holding on to those things around you. Absolutely. I think and, you know, artwork is such a hard thing to do, right? Because it's this thing that this little, this little human created for you yes. and, they, and they love you and they, they put so much into it. And it's, I'm not saying get rid of it. I'm just saying, look at what you're going to keep. And we like to create hall of fames at our house. So we only keep the hall of fame items. Oh, I like that. It helps us make those decisions and we keep just the best of the best. That's great. I love, I'm writing that down, Hall of Fame. And do you let them pick like what makes them into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, we would, we'll do it together. With artwork and things that they give me, I kind of pick myself. But with their toys, and because my kids are small, so they're seven, four, and one, you know, so the, the little ones aren't going to know how to get That's rid of things. That's true. They're not part of the conversation yet. But for my, my oldest, uh, yeah, she knows what that means. What are her Hall of Fame items? What are her favorite, favorite items? And we just recently redid her her bedroom. So we had a playroom, and then all three of my kids were sharing a room. Their choice. <laughs> they, wow. they, wanted, they wanted to share a room, so we did that for them. But then it got to the point where my daughter was getting ready to start second grade, and she needed a space where she could do her homework without her brothers bothering her. And so we, we turned the playroom into her bedroom. And we organized the room and realized we weren't going to have a whole lot of room for extra toys and extra books and extra things. And so we asked her to just pick her absolute favorites. And she has four 13 by 13 cloth bins and that's all of her toys, all of her toys, all her dolls, all her dress up things all fit into those four bins that go into a cubby in the closet. And what I've noticed from doing that, from having her keep just her favorite items, is it makes it easier for her to play. Because mm -hmm. every time she opens one of those cubbies, she's only seeing her absolute favorite things. I wish I could say to you that it makes it really easy for her to clean. <laughs> <laughs> and while it makes it easier, it's definitely not easy, but she's seven, you know? she's still learning and, and kids get overwhelmed by mess faster than we do. So we have to remember that too. So just mm -hmm. making things easier for them to clean and really easier for me to clean because when I can go in there and I can help her and I just have to throw things into four bins, that's much easier than a, a whole closet full of toys or a, or a giant toy chest. But we're, we're starting teaching her the habits now. Yeah, which is so great. I mean, it's a great life skill for them to have. Mm -hmm. And even as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, Hall of Fame, like that is something that you could really apply to my cosmetic drawer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like what are the, my favorite makeup items and what things do I not necessarily use and can get rid of? My closet, the kitchen. Like I love that philosophy and that mindset with that. 
So once we've kind of decluttered, we've selected our Hall of Fame, or maybe we're, you know, slowly moving through the decluttering process. <laughs> Talk to us about cleaning habits a little bit more because this I think is obviously, like I said before, it's kind of my big light bulb moment from everything that we've talked about. And I know that you have a lot of tips around this. So share with me a little bit about how we can be creating cleaning habits that really work for us and serve us to create the home that we love. So once you know what intention you want your home to serve, then it becomes really easy to set your home. So I think that's the first step, right? You have to set your home in such a way that when you are cleaning, it's easy to get everything back to where it belongs because you you have one spot for that one item and nothing else goes in that spot. And so that definitely helps with the cleaning habits. But the big, big, big piece of it is finishing the task or finishing the cycle. And I talk about this at more length in, in my book that's coming out in November, but it's basically the thought process or the mindset that every item, every task that you do, there is a cycle. And It starts with gathering the items that you need, preparing the items that you need, right? Using the items to do whatever the task is, and then resetting those items. So putting them back. Mm -hmm. In the book, I go through an example of having your morning cup of coffee, right? You take your mug out, you make your coffee, you put the coffee in the mug, right? You drink the coffee. Yay, you've enjoyed your coffee. Now what do you do? And I think most people stop there. And maybe they set the coffee somewhere close to the sink or in the kitchen. You know, there was a point in my life where the coffee cup just stayed wherever it was. (laughs) (laughs) But there's more to that cycle, right? To finish that cycle, it's washing the cup and putting it away. So now that task of drinking coffee is completely finished. When we don't finish that task, we're essentially leaving hundreds of little unfinished tasks around our home. And so, of course, we're overwhelmed. Of course, it's frustrating and stressful because you're walking into your home and there are literally hundreds of things that haven't been finished. Yes, that makes complete sense. And so if you have a habit of finishing that task or finishing the cycle, then you don't have hundreds of unfinished tasks when you walk in the door after a long night. I used to work really odd hours. And so I, there were, it was not unusual for me to come home at one or two in the morning from work. And wow. walk, yeah, that's a story for another day. I had a crazy job, but, <laughs> uh, but I, it was not unusual for me to walk into my home and, you know, see laundry that I had started three days ago in the living room and plates from dinner that my husband had, you know, had to do that by himself with the kids and left the plates on the kitchen table. And it was, we weren't finishing the tasks. And so then instead of having cleaning habits, we had cleaning to-do lists. Yes. And so we had the, oh, I have, I have to do the laundry. I have to do those dishes. When it's just a habit of putting things away when you're done with them, you don't have a to-do list anymore. And then that time that you would have spent, and this is my favorite part, the time that you would have spent on that to-do list of finishing all those hundreds of tasks can actually be used to truly clean your home. So now instead of spending that, you know, 30 minutes at the end of the day, putting away things that have been left out throughout the day, I can mop the floor. That's amazing. So this makes so much sense. You know, I know it's going to take a lot of intentionality and I'm sure for you, it took a lot of intentionality when you were first creating these habits and kind of finishing the job, finishing Mm -hmm. the tasks, because it is, you know, so second nature sometimes to just leave the coffee cup on the counter 
you know, for me, oftentimes the coffee cup is left on my bathroom counter because I'm drinking my coffee while I'm getting ready for the day <laughs> and it's left in the bathroom, you know, and then I come home at night, my coffee cup's still there. I take it to the kitchen or the next morning, you know, when I go to do my makeup and I bring in my fresh cup of coffee, <laughs> coffee is still sitting there and I'll take it to the kitchen then. So how do you, how do you like do that habit interrupt or how do you intentionally make this a habit? Walk us through kind of like what that process would look like. It all goes back to that intentionality again and praying. Oh my goodness. Just pray, pray, pray. Because God is going to show you what you need to, to do. He's going to give you the strength to do it. I have worksheets available in my book that help you log out what you want to do and plot out what you want to do just the same way that you would plot out a schedule. I think everybody knows, you know, when you budget, you fill your budget up and you, you tell every single dollar where it's going to go. The same with your cleaning habits. You tell every single thing that you want to get done when it's going to happen. And so if you're a morning person, does it mean 30 minutes in the morning of doing your deep cleaning to like the counters and the mopping and the you know bathrooms, that kind of stuff? Or are you someone who's going to do that kind of stuff in the evening? And so just knowing yourself, knowing when you are most, most productive and when that's going to be, make the most sense for you. You know, if you're somebody who's, I have a good, good friend who is wonderful and tells me every day how she is barely running out the door to get her kids to school on time and hoping they have matching shoes on. I'm not going to recommend that she starts doing her cleaning habits in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> right. Start by doing it when you have the time to do it. And it's 30 minutes in the morning or 30 minutes at night, but you won't be able to do that unless you tell yourself to finish the cycle and you're cleaning up the little things throughout the day. And that just takes reminding yourself. And if you have a clear goal of why you want to do that, it makes it a lot easier. And so for me, a big thing was, I remember right after my, my oldest was born, I had a friend from work whose daughter was literally hours older than my daughter born in the same hospital, down the hall from each other. Wow. 12 hours apart. So they, their birthdays were one day apart, but we knew it was like 12 or 13 hours apart. And she came over to bring me some much needed baby formula. <laughs> and I remember standing on the front porch because I was so embarrassed to let her into my home because I didn't have good cleaning habits set. I didn't understand the concept of finishing the cycle which is silly because my parents raised me that way, but I had let go of it. And I had really bought into the lie that I was too busy to pick up my cup and walk it to the kitchen. And so my house was just out of control. And the embarrassment wasn't that, you know, my house was out of control and I had a newborn. I mean, I, I feel like I had enough, I was able to give myself enough grace to know that my house was going to be a bit messy after having a newborn. But the embarrassment was that I just had no plan for where any of this stuff was going to go. I had overflowing drawers. I had overflowing closets, you know, and I remember not inviting her in, which is something that I look back at with such sadness. And so for me, that was really a breaking point where I thought to myself, I need to do something different because for me, I want my home to always be available for my friends to come in and my family to come in and feel like they can relax and that they can enjoy the time there. And I don't ever want to be standing on my front porch again, trying to figure out how to kindly not invite someone in. Mm. And part of it is letting your friends interrupt you. For me anyways, with that particular goal in mind of always wanting to be able to open the door wide open, it had to do with saying, I know that I have these habits now. 
and I'm going to let my friends interrupt me. So what if I'm in the middle of laundry? Come on in. I'm going to keep folding the laundry while you're here because it's my habit of doing that. I'm going to finish my task, but I'm going to let you in while I do it. And that for me made the difference. So it's not the mess that was, was as embarrassing for me as the plan of action to get out of the mess. And so once I had that intention in mind, and once I had that goal of always having a welcoming home for my friends and family, that helps me to finish the task. Mm, I think that that's so good. And it's so, it goes back to every other habit, having a strong why. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite quotes is if the why is strong enough, it doesn't matter the how. And so Absolutely. Yes, knowing that, that. yeah, knowing that there's going to be struggle while you're setting up new habits as there are with every new habit. But I love too that you have worksheets in your book. So I highly encourage everyone. When does your book come out? November 1st? November 1st. Pre-orders are available now and you'll get the first chapter if you pre-order. Ooh, very cool. So we will be linking to that in the show notes for sure and in our Facebook community. Now, before we let you go though, Jenny, mm-hmm. talk to us. Is there like one last piece of advice that you would give to a working mom out there who's like, this all sounds incredible and it sounds great and definitely something that I need to do. I'm going to add it to the long list of the other things that I know I need to do. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give them in getting started? Focus on progress, not perfection. Mm, that is worth a million dollars right there. Progress, <laughs> not perfection. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Your Life Rocks podcast. Now, where can people learn more about you and everything that you are doing? I blog at homeafter3.com. And everything is on there. I also have a Facebook community called Mom's Time Well Spent, where we go over home organization and time management skills. Um, And that's just a really, really fun, encouraging community. We are uh, Christ-centered, so I do post scripture up there, and I'm not ashamed of it. So (laughs) I'm very blatant about it, but I, I really do believe that none of this works without God. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And we will link to everything, Jenny, in our show notes page. So I hope that you check that out at yourliferocks.com. And good luck on your book launch. We're so excited for you. We'll be praying for you. And thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Can I just say, I love Jenny's heart. I love that her heart is all about the intention and creating that intentional home that you love, that you want to be able to serve you, to serve your family, and to serve the gifts and the greater purpose that God has given you. If you find yourself like Jenny, where you want to be able to open up that door and invite people in, I really hope that these last three episodes have helped you do that. I hope, and if that's not for you, if you're like, I don't want a lot of other people at my house. I just hope that these have helped you to help create more clarity around your home, to help you move forward to creating that home that you love, to clear away some of that chaos and clear away some of the the fogginess that comes around trying to figure out, like, am I doing the right things around my house? Am I taking care of it in the right way? Am I being a good steward of it? And most importantly, do I feel good in this space? And if you have gotten a lot out of these last couple episodes, would you just share on social media which one has been your favorite? Share it with your friends, and I would certainly love to see it. So make sure you tag Your Life Rocks, because I also want to see you. I want to see who is listening to the show. So thank you so much for doing that. I know that time is precious, and taking your precious time to share this episode with friends, either on social media or even just talking to the person in the cubicle next to you or in the office next to you 
or the mom at drop-off. It means the world to me that you would do that. So thank you so much for helping us spread the message that life balance is possible. Now, of course, you can catch all future episodes inside the Your Life Rocks app. So if you have friends that are just not podcast listeners, tell them to download the app. And then that way they have all of the shows in there, plus all of the extra tools and resources available for them. Now, this was the last episode in our home series. Next week, we're moving on to career and we have an amazing guest who's going to take everything we've ever thought about building a career and climbing up the career ladder and tip it on its head. Now, I love what I do for work and I'm very passionate about it, but she's going to challenge us to be able to build a career that we love without sacrificing the life that we love. I am so excited for this episode, you guys. It's going to be amazing and I hope that you don't miss it. So until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye.